Welcome to the Next Gen Leadership Podcast with your hosts, Chase Merrill. And Wes Wimberly. And Wes Wimberly. What up, people? What up? We're back. Uh, we're going to have another conversation today that I think is going to be helpful. I mean, hopefully really helpful for the people that are listening that are in the spaces. But, uh, you know, we're in February, in the month of February, and this this will come out at the last little love bit of month. Oh, the month of love, baby. And... Uh, we're just wrapping up the month. We've been having a lot of fun in our in our space as youth pastors, and that'll be part of our conversation today. But how's your cold, dude? You know, it's still there. <laughs> it's still there. It's a whole still week there. later. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys are uh, big Disney fans or Toy Story fans, uh, but I have found a new identity in the penguin that lives on the top shelf because my cough gets to that place. Like the smoker penguin? Yeah. The, uh-huh. we- the wheeze? Weezer? Yeah. So hopefully... You don't get a taste of that this podcast, but just in case you hear the penguin, uh, don't be alarmed. That is still me. Yeah. So we're going to dive in today. Uh, we want to want to really have a conversation around the space of when it comes to the world of love and relationships and how to have that conversation, how to lead the next generation in healthy love and relationships, biblical love and relationships. So here's what we got today. This, this conversation is really for two different types of people. One, it's for people like Wesley and I that are sitting in seats of leadership or oversight or engagement with the next generation in, in the ministry space. So youth and young adults in the ministry space, middle school, high school, young adults. Uh, you know, we, we look at young adults in our, our church and our ministry, 18 to 29. You might might look at it different. That's just where we're at. So it's, it's for people that are helping lead those groups of people. And then for parents of those groups of people. Yeah. Those are the two those are the two people that we are speaking to having this conversation for today because what we've realized is that uh, there are um, endless amounts of questions that we we either get from students or we get from parents basically with like help yeah. help me figure out. I like that help. It was a little yelpy. Yeah, it was definitely there though. You <laughs> full sended it for sure. <laughs> That's, I mean, that was, that's how I feel like I hear it. Yeah, I know. I, and I'm, even though most of it comes through an email, I can yeah, hear that. Yeah, there's a lot you can that. tell from an email. Though. I, I can hear that. You. Help from the emails that we get <laughs> from parents uh, about how to do, how to do relationships healthily when you're in middle school, high school, and as a young adult. Yeah. How to do them biblically, right? There's so many great resources out there and we are not uh, the one-stop shop for that by any means. And we, we have um, so much to learn and grow in, but, but here's where we're at today. As a high school pastor and a young adult pastor here, you as a middle school middle school pastor, but then also super engaged in high school and young adult ministry, you yep. still pastor in those worlds as well. Um, we have felt like we need to engage with this conversation with our students. We yep. have to. We yep. have to engage. Uh, we have to get into where they are because that's that's where a lot of them are. Yep. And sometimes the church can get a little bit like I think timid yeah. or hesitant about how to have these conversations. And uh, I just. We're currently wrapping up a month where, you know, for for all of our ministries, we've been taking our services time, our pulpit time, our, our sermon series, whatever, all of the different elements that we can do. And we've spent time over the last three, four, five weeks uh, going into the world of love relationships and singleness and healthy relationships and all that. Um, so we believe it's worth it. Uh, but that's that's what we're going to have a conversation today. How do we do this well? Yeah. How do we actually effectively reach the next generation in the world of having healthy relationships that honor God and honor people? Yeah. Um, 
and and then how to help parents and leaders, right, that are trying to lead them to give them some encouragement and some some resource for how to do this well in their spaces. So yeah. uh, let me ask the first question, Wes. Is it worth it? Is it worth even attempting to have this conversation in the spaces that we oversee? What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I have no... I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a doubt in my mind of why not to have that conversation. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean... And I can't think of one. I think for me, one of the ones that I could think of for me, we're different personalities, but maybe somebody else listening could be, is, uh, like, I don't, I don't know how to... Uh, maybe so I'm 28 right so from a high school student high school senior I'm 10 years removed from that age and the middle school is even farther I don't know where they're really at in the world of like how things have shifted and the landscape has changed for love and relationships and tech I mean the the world of technology and how that's drastically changed like it seems like I feel I I mean I I barely have a TikTok (laughs) (laughs) I, I literally only have it because like I got tired of one day, like not knowing, you know, what was going on with, as I hear students talking about all the time. And I was like, so, but you know what I mean? But so much has changed. So that feels like I don't have any, any idea of the relevant reality of where it's at. So that can feel, that can be a factor. Yeah. There's definitely a reality that the middle schoolers, you know, high schoolers, for my context, middle schoolers, the middle schoolers that we used to reach are not the middle schoolers that we, that we currently have. Right. Like the the middle schoolers that, that I was, you know, even I wasn't, I'm, I'm not that far removed uh, in the grand scheme of things. Like, like my middle my middle school experience is nothing like what you like, experienced like, when you were in middle school. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just they're too opposite. What I experience is not what they're experiencing. But one thing that overlaps, and that's why I think this conversation is so vital, and this topic has to be stepped into, embraced, even if it's messy, is that like relationships, liking. You know the feelings. What's your What's the title What's the title of the series that you use for yeah, middle school? Yeah, the series the series that I uh, am doing for middle school. We, we it's a three week series. It was two messages and then we're ending it with a uh, a Q and R question and response. Uh, it was titled "I Think I Like You," <laughs> so I, I like that one. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, they think they like somebody, but like five minutes later, they like somebody else. So. Um. But yeah, but the reality is, I think, is that that, that the one thing that I feel like hasn't changed, because there's a lot of things that changed, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that are different from when I was in middle school compared right. to the middle school is now today. Yeah. But the one thing that hasn't changed is the absolute obsession. And no, this isn't a blanket statement for every student. Yeah. But the absolute obsession with liking somebody. Yeah. And and like and them liking you back right. and and the talking and the the texting and the you know all of it it's yeah. just it, and it's even more rampant in my mind than when I was in middle school and it was it was pretty it was pretty lively when right. I was in middle school right. it was popping yeah we, we, we were we weren't messing around we weren't playing games yeah um, I mean yeah. we were playing games but <laughs> not not relationships yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the the reality and I think this is. I think this applies to more than just relationships. Uh, if you're a youth pastor, if you're a leader in any sort, and you're figuring out like, man, I, I'm so far removed. How do I, how do I stay relevant? Um, it is difficult, but I think uh, once you find out what is happening in their culture, what they're doing, what they're doing, you got to talk about. Right. Like if they're doing it, talk about it. Right. Like, because I think sometimes we try to answer questions that they're not even asking. Yeah. 100%. And so we got to figure out in, in, in the, in the pursuit of stewarding what we've been given, stewarding the flock that we have, yep. 
leading them well, we have to figure out what they're doing and what they're doing. We got to talk about. Yeah, that's a great way to say and, it. And what they're still doing and will still continue to do till the end of time, in my mind. Right. It's not going to go away. Is like yeah. and be attracted to and pursue, right. you know, guys yeah. and girls. So. One of the things that we've seen... Put to, to the question, is it worth it? And I, I 100% agree. I think we have to be we have to be having conversations about these what what they're really like uh, struggling with, what they're really like uh, inter- not entertained by. That's not the word, but like what's what's consuming their thought space. You know, one of the things that we've seen when we do Q and R question and response for our high school students and, and young adults is that when you give them the opportunity to send in anonymous questions. Uh, it's crazy how many questions come in about love and relationships, dating, boundaries in relationships, uh, like questions about how to, you know, solve a problem in a relationship. Like, I mean, a higher percentage of any other thing that comes in about literally anything. We've done Q&Rs about sending questions about anything. And the majority of the time it comes in about love and relationships. And so, like, just as a helpful tip to whoever's listening that's a youth pastor or leader that has the opportunity to to do the world of, of ministry, like, like in the same kind of context we're in, it's a great uh, data retrieval type of opportunity, insight to where your group really is. If you can find some Q&R type of ways, even if the night itself that you're answering those questions uh, is that's less of the point, but you, when you get all of those questions, it really gives you some, some real clear live time insight to where the heart of your students are, which then can allow you to really pray and seek the Lord and go to the scriptures for how to be better prepared to reach them with where they're at answering the questions they really are asking and not answering questions that nobody's asking. So, uh, that's, that is for sure. I think why it is a hundred percent worth going after finding a way to help these students learn how to more healthily engage in love and relationships, even if you have to endure some of the awkward, resistant uh, culture that comes with youth ministry or young adult ministry at large. Okay, question. Uh, another question we're going to try to wrestle with is like, what are we seeing? What are we what are you seeing in middle school and in high school and young adults? Because you're with me there. But like, what yeah. what are we seeing in these students just in the culture in this generation of love relationships and, uh, yeah, maybe, and how is it a little bit different? What are we seeing? I think, uh, the biggest thing I see is, and I actually, I actually admire this is the, they, they're desperately seeking for answers. Yeah. Like they, they have questions, right? I think, I think just that alone, uh, is, is extremely, uh, telling of just like where they're at in their journey, you yep. know, wanting to know like, how do I do this? Right. right? Yeah. They're, they're starving for guidance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just, they just want to know. And, and now their questions aren't always, maybe they're maybe, they're maybe not asking the right questions the, every time, but the fact that they're asking questions and, and desiring to do things right, or even just desiring to know, you know, what, what do you like, what, what, what do I do? You know, I feel like that's something I get all the time. I just don't know what to do. Right. I just don't know what to do. How do you know, how do you answer this? And so I think that the fact that they're asking questions is a, is a great sign. And, and I think sometimes we have this idea that students don't really care what we have to say hmm. or like, or, or, or don't, don't want us to talk about relationships or don't want us to answer things about relationships because they're fearful of what we'll say. Sure. Like we're going to give them an answer that's going to put them in the wrong right. or, or make them feel like what they're doing is, is, is not good. Right. And, and so I would just encourage anybody who's fearful of think, thinking that like these students don't want to hear what I have to say, or they're, they're afraid of what I'm going to say, or it's going to make them feel like they're wrong. That's not the case. Like right. We're not seeing that. Right. 
No, we're not. We're, what we are seeing is like, like even in middle school, like they're asking questions that like, like honestly, like are pretty like pretty radical questions. Yeah. Like, like they're I mean, real. like life changing kind of questions, yep. and, and they're and they're not they're not afraid to ask it because they're desperately seeking for the truth for yep. the answer. I think that's part of even their generation. Just this this generation of wanting the authentic, the real, the truth. Yep. You know that 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 seeking for that. Yep. I think. So that's, that's, that's one thing we're seeing. Yeah. I think something else I see with high school students, especially is they want like hard lines, you know, yeah. right. Please, please, right. Please tell me some black and white. Please tell me yeah. how far I can go. Yeah. <laughs> how far can I go with my girlfriend? Yeah. But still be a Christian. Like yeah. how far, you know, all of, I mean, these different things. And so what that's kind of exposing to me. And that was, I mean, honestly, that's what I, I wanted to know those yeah. answers when I was in high school. Want as to be well. justified. Right. That's it right there. So one of the things I know we're seeing is that sometimes they would rather, you know, just have the like, tell me how far I can go or tell me what this looks like. Um, but but they're less they're potentially less interested with their heart being cultivated because they just want to know where the lines are so that they don't they don't mess up or not. And I, I think that that's that's something that now, you know, we're seeing and we're, we're having yeah. to go like, hey, I'm, it's, it actually isn't about me telling you exactly where to go or to not, not to go. Because that, that may not produce in you yeah. a heart that actually is loving Jesus more and wanting what Jesus wants more than what you want. Yeah, I good. can give you some black and white. Here's the box. Here's the line. Here's the boundaries. But that may not be the most yeah. healthy thing for you to be the man or woman God's called you to be and then to be the man or woman God's called you to be in a relationship. Yeah. But I have this conversation all of the time, especially with young men. Can you just, just tell me, like, just tell me what to do, right? Like, you kind of said it. Uh, that's that's something I'm seeing a lot, you know, in the next generation, middle school, high school. Yeah. I think something I did this time that kind of went around because I knew that I knew that and a lot of questions for my age, you know, middle schoolers was like, is is dating wrong? Like, is 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 it wrong to date at my age? And I think something that, like, I, I think they almost want me to answer, like, give me, give me the answer to this. And so I, what I did... Uh, almost like, almost like they want me to tell them that dating is wrong at this age. Right. Almost. Right. And so what I did th- this time was like, I-, I went around and not necessarily gave them the answer they were looking for, but I, I-, I gave them the answer that they need to hear. Yeah. Like, you know, dating in and of itself is not wrong, but dating for identity that puts you in a, that puts you in a tough spot. Yeah. Dating for identity and not, you know, not with identity. Yep. That that's wrong. Cause yep. that's going to lead you to some places you don't want to go. Yep. You know, and so really, okay, get, what what do they what do they need to hear? Right. Versus like the black and white answer that they're looking for. Yeah, and I, on exactly on that point, I'd encourage I would encourage you if you're listening and you're a youth pastor or leader in this space as well, like don't be afraid to say what needs to be said. I yeah. mean, kind of referencing the last last yeah, podcast as sure. well of how to how to say tough things, right? But like I find myself in spaces all the time where they I'm caught with like I want to say what I think they want to hear because I want them to. Um, you know, continue to want advice from me. But then there's that moment where I have to collide with the reality that like my role is not to be these guys' best friends, you know, and parents, obviously you're listening, you're listening to this too, to encourage you as well. And you know, and you know this, but just to remind you, your, your number one goal with your, with your child is not to be their best friend in this season. It's, it's to parent them. It's to lead them. And that means saying what they need to hear, even if it's not necessarily what they want to hear. But there've been a lot of moments where I, I know young guys are like, they're looking for me to uh, affirm what they're doing because they want so badly to continue to do it. But I have to look at them and go, is Jesus being glorified with this? Are, are you honoring her? Are you honoring her parents? Are you honoring what God has called you to do and be? Um, and a lot of the time, 
you know, it's, it's being met with what they need to say, not just with what they, what they want to, what they need to hear, not what, what they want to hear. Yeah. An example, example that I always give just to, to help you kind of really like, like to step into the mess of, of really like not necessarily giving them the black and white answer is, you know, there, there was tons of, you know, relationships in quotations. I'm, if you, you can't see me, but my, my fingers are up quotating, quotation this. I don't know how to say that. But there was a ton of relationships that, that I was a part of in middle school that were, that, I mean, they were terrible, unhealthy, ended terribly, yeah. you know, and it was probably not a good idea for me to do it. Right. Right. And then one of my best friends started dating their now wife in the seventh grade. Yeah. Never broke up. Right. And now they're married and, and love Jesus. Right. It's just like the polar opposites just to paint this picture of like, they're, they're not only are we not going to give them this black and white answer, there really isn't. Right. There really isn't a black and white answer. Yeah. Like even if even if I wanted to give you a black and white answer, I can't really give you that. Right. Now there's there's odds that are greater in one category. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And but 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 to your point, very right? unlikely. Right. But to your point, yeah. you know, I think I think that idea of the question because I mean, let's just the question of like, should you date in high school? Should you should you date in middle school? Right. All that, that we get that a lot when those questions come in. And my answer is like real simply is maybe. Yeah. <laughs> And I hate that, but yeah. it's true, right? There are those situations because like you said, whether it's out of your identity, but, but wisdom would say most likely not. And here's why there's so much going on in you. You're trying yeah. to discover who you are. You're trying to carry the weight of the responsibilities and expectations on your shoulders. And then let's, you know what, let's just throw on somebody else's expectations to help make them happy on your shoulders while you're trying to figure out you. It's very difficult to do that healthily and well yeah. in the, the season of being in middle school and high school. It's possible it can be done, like your example yeah. of, of one of your best friends, yeah. uh, who, I, by the way, I know them. They're amazing. What yeah, an incredible awesome. couple! I love it. And uh, but it's it's more rare than it, it is more common. 100%. And so wisdom would say the odds would say like 100%. lean towards the side of maybe waiting and continuing to 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 develop who God's called you to be, you know, rather than jumping in. But maybe. Yeah, and I think I think giving students that not definite answer allows for this space because there are going to be people who do it. There are going to be people, people who like, okay, I, I know it's like probably unlikely and, you know, there are all these different factors of my seasonal life, but I'm still going to choose to do it. Yeah. And so I think giving that, that non-definite answer gives this, this, this ability for you to actually like walk with them. And, yeah. and because if, if they're hearing yes. an answer from you, like, that's huge. no, this is wrong. Like you shouldn't date. Like of all they hear you say, even if it's right, like right. the the chances of this actually working out is low. Right. Like, uh, wisdom would say this, like, even if that's all they hear, right. right? Not necessarily like harmful things or, or piercing things, right. but if that's all they hear you say, they are way less likely to invite you in Absolutely. to walk with them when they choose to do it. Absolutely. Wisdom said you shouldn't do. Right. Right. Absolutely. So I think, I think it helps you as the, yeah. as the pastor or leader parent. Well, yeah. I, I'd say with the environment too, I, I said this recently in one of, one of the messages for our high school services with love relationships and singleness. But I want our youth ministry to be the like the most thriving and healthy place for relationships to happen yeah. in in these kids' worlds. Yeah, like it, the youth ministry, the church shouldn't be this like little safe bubble that like is fully void of all like relational pursuits because it's all happening everywhere else in the world. And then when there's a problem, someone comes to the church to get something figured out. Like no, like I want our youth ministry to be like popping with healthy pursuit of Jesus and each other 
right? Like, it's, I want my ministry, our ministry to be a place where, like, students know they can come and discover who God is and pursue him and discover friendships and pursue yeah. those. Like, those are really important. That's probably more important. But that it's also a place, if you are going to pursue somebody in a romantic space, that it's, it's a safe place to do it. And you can do it in the light. And there's yeah. a culture that's not going to hate on you or create yeah. this awkward judgment zone where, like, yeah. everybody's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yep. And and then you feel like uncomfortable and awkward and unsafe to do it there. So you feel like you got to go do it in the dark somewhere yep. and bring no community in. I'd rather be I'd rather have the light on all of it in yeah. a community that's saying like, hey, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to figure this out. There, there will be moments where tough conversations are going to be going to be have to pat. But like that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to, you know, work towards creating yeah. an environment. I think more more ministries, more leaders would would really benefit um, them, not only themselves, but their students by helping create some safe spaces for that in the ministries of the, the places that they oversee. Yeah, absolutely. We what? should put that in our. We should put that in our Instagram bio. Pop <laughs> popping dating culture. A popping. That's quoted from you. Sorry, I'm just taking it. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I want I want LWI to be a popping <laughs> dating culture. Gosh, it shouldn't be just happening. In, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that that's that's something you know. I think for a bit for sure that that I want to see in uh, some of the. Some of the things that, some of the obstacles to, I think, having some of these conversations, let me just speak to, let me speak to parents for a second. Uh, or, or here's an obstacle we've experienced maybe with parents while we're trying to partner, because I think another misconception about youth ministry especially is that like parents, some parents think like, hey, drop off my kid, please fix my kid. Yeah. And then like help them get to know God and like like be a good Christian kid. And there's like this mentality, almost like, like you guys are responsible for that and then bring it back to us. So that way we can have a more, a more righteous, holy kid or something yeah. like that. And I want to just, I want to remind parents that might be listening to this, that like, I mean, youth ministry is a partnership with you. It's yeah, a, absolutely. it's a, it's a us and you together. Right. And, and you are the primary disciplers of your own, your own kids. And, and, you know, as a young dad, I'm learning that, that the beginnings of that with my, my young kids right now, but but like it's a partnership. So we really want to partner. We want to partner alongside you. And we we know that if you're listening to this, you, you probably care about this. We also know that there are students that their parents don't give a rip about this stuff. So we are holding a primary place of discipleship above uh, maybe the home that they come from. But yeah, in general, I, I've run into a couple of situations with parents where on one end of the spectrum, I've got a parent who, you know, basically is like, I can't control my kid. I can't do anything to impact them. They're not listening to me in the world of, of relationships and, and stuff like that. Please, please fix them. You know, please, please do something. Tell them what they're doing is wrong. Tell them, tell them the truth. You know, that's one end. And then I've got, I've also got parents on the full other side of the spectrum who are like, uh, don't tell my kid what to do. Yeah. Let them be them. Let yeah. them, let them discover and let them fail. They don't need to hear cause they already, you know, whatever. And so I've had a tension as a leader uh, of the next generation at times of like, how do I balance, you know, one end of the spectrum versus the other end of the spectrum. And I, I just want to encourage people listening, like at the end of the day, just the reminder that like, you're not going to be able to make every person, every parent, uh, you're not gonna be able to please everybody. Yeah. You, you will always make, if you make a decision, like, uh, you're going to, you're going to cause this decisions at some point will cause some kind of division. Like you're never going to be fully, everybody's on board with what you believe and say and do. So you got to come to terms with like, who am I? Who has God called me to be? What's God called me to do? And just walk in that confidence, even if it means enduring some difficult conversations with, with a parent or with 
getting an email saying you overstepped a boundary or you aren't stepping far enough, you know, be faithful to what God's called you to do and trust that he's going to kind of fill in the gaps. Um, and, and then, and then be humble when you mess up, when you, when you, when you need to be humble and you need to repent and you need to confess when you, when you do blow it, you know, I've had to do that multiple times with a parent. Hey, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I was trying to be led in the moment and I probably should have connected with you first before giving some of that, that guidance that I gave to your student, you know, knowing that relationship and dynamic, but that's one of the obstacles I'm, I'm seeing. I I've experienced when it comes to how to create a healthy culture with our students, love relationships and singleness. Yeah. What other obstacles are you seeing? Uh, I think an obstacle I'm seeing is this, uh, this mindset in a lot of students that because of, uh, maybe, I don't know if it's our age or the fact that we have a, you know, some sort of title in their life or title in the, in the environments that they walk into, like with, with, with church. Um, but this, this, this thing that like, um, you guys are out to get me. Yeah. And that's not the truth, but it's created a real obstacle for me. How do I, how do I get around that? Or how do I knock that wall down right. to, to really get to like, actually, no, I really want to walk with you and beside you and actually help you and, and, and be someone that you can be open with right. and talk to. But there's just this, like, almost this, like, given, like, it's just a, it's just an assumed thing in a lot of students of like, you're out to get me, right? You're out to find, you're out to find the thing that I'm hiding. You're right. out, you're out to, you know, you're out to like wrap me out to my parents right. or, you know, right. whatever it is. Right. And it's just created such an obstacle for me to really like, like that, just that, that moment I could have with a student, like where I could just lock eyes, like, Hey, like, like, like I'm here for you. Right. Like, like you, you know, your identity is so important. Like whatever I'm trying to say to them, I, I just want to have this moment with them, but it's just totally just blocked by this. Like you are out to get to me. Right. You, you're out to get me. You're out to, to, I, I don't know. I, Expose me. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, that's been, a, that's been a real difficult obstacle that I, I don't think I have an answer for right. uh, yet. I don't, I don't think it's something that I've really, I think I see it in, you know, in, in, in tons of different areas in, in ministry, but specific, specifically with relationships, yeah. because it's such a one that is such a tendency for, for students to hide, yep. whether from parents or from pastors or whatever it is. And so that, that's an obstacle that, man, I, I don't know how to get around yet. Yeah. Uh, other than just to continue yep. to step into the mess, yep. to continue to be present, yep. to continue to like love them and ask them questions, even when they don't give me you know, answers right. or respond right. or, or seem responsive. Um, that, that, that's something that I've seen, you know, at least work a little bit, yep. but nowhere near coming to a, a resolve of how to bring that wall down. Yeah. No, that's really good. Okay. Wrapping up this thing, let's do like a, like kind of like a fire round, um, of to, to both of the groups that we're speaking to. So to the next gen leaders, youth pastors, youth leaders that are helping oversee middle school, high school, young adults in some capacity to them and then to parents. What are we seeing that's being effective? Like, let's just let's just hit some things. What are we seeing that's working in reaching students in this whole in this whole space? With relationships, with relationships, yeah. with with love, with singleness, 
you know, like just a couple things that we're seeing working. I, I know for us, I mean, just real practically, like actually taking four, three yeah. to four to five yeah. to six weeks of our normal, we, you know, we do, we do evening services, you know, for you guys, middle school does Wednesday nights and we do Sunday nights for high school and you guys have, you know, other things as well. We have other things, but we've taken four weeks in a row to, to take, uh, ample time to walk through to look at the scriptures, to point them to principles that will, will be uh, willing to engage this issue uh, for four weeks straight to make it a big deal to say we care about this because yeah. we know you care about it. Yeah. Um, that's something we're practically doing. So a sermon series. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the practical one. We already mentioned it is those Q&Rs. Like yeah. we do of our four weeks, two of our four uh, because of what we've done over the last couple of years and we've seen how these students respond um, is they want to ask questions and get get questions, get answers to the questions that they're asking yeah. uh, real specifically. So Q and R's, yeah. uh, we've got one coming up this upcoming weekend where uh, we'll give them the chance to, to ask questions anonymously. And for 40 minutes, we're going to sit there, a panel of us, and uh, try to do our best to answer as many as we can, pointing them to to Jesus and the scriptures and, and just willing to say whatever you want to ask, you can ask. Nothing is off limits. I think that's something we're seeing that's being effective. What else What else are you seeing? I think, uh, yeah, just real practically, talk about it. Yeah. I, it, you know, you can't be effective in it if you don't talk about it. And that's, I think that's for, you know, like youth pastors, youth leaders and parents. Yeah. Parents, please listen, please, yeah. please yeah. embrace the awkward. Yep. Talk about it. Talk about it. I, and I'd say this, don't just talk about it. Ask about it. Yeah. From a place, not an assumptive, like I'm trying to expose you place, but ask more questions than you try to give answers. Yeah. We say that to our leaders all the time. And I'm, I'm learning from greater leaders than, than me that way, way way higher caliber leaders than me. I'm realizing more and more and more how wise they are because they ask more questions than they, than they actually give me answers. Yeah. I think that's so important with yeah. this too. Well, I think that leads to my second one, uh, for specifically middle schoolers, but I think this applies to really to, to every age is not only talk about it, but get them talking about it. Yeah. So like how I do that for middle schoolers for this series, we don't usually do small groups on, on our Wednesday nights, but but for this series, I have specifically and intentionally said, we're going to do small groups, even if it's just a couple minutes. Yeah. Because I want them to be asked a question and actually have to think about what they would answer. Yep. And so that, not only does that give you a gauge for, for where they're at, but it also just gets them talking about it. And you not, you don't necessarily see the fruit of them like walking that out, yep. but them talking about it is such a, is such a, is such a big thing. So I think talking about it and getting them to talk about yeah. it are, are two big ones that yeah. are being really effective for us. Yeah. I know, I know for at least the, the high school service and young adult services, it's a great opportunity for us to have some fun too. Yeah. Like so yeah. I'm, a, I'm not by nature, I'm a fun guy, but I'm not by nature. Like when it comes to services, I'm more on the serious end of things most of the time than I am fun, lighthearted yeah. side. What a great opportunity to like use, use the, the whole world of love relationships, singleness and the culture of it to bring some lighthearted, fun, fun things to the table. Um, you know, we've done some, some fun games. We've done some funny videos, things that I like have, yeah. we wouldn't typically do maybe in normal yeah. other weeks, but that's, that's something we're seeing that's effective in helping break the walls down to even have these conversations. Yeah. Another thing that I'd say, uh, Another thing that I would say to parents is something that, that we're seeing that's effective is um, knowing that wherever your student is at in this season of what they're going through with relationships and pursuit and all that, um, that it's not all going to change in one conversation or overnight. So many of these, so much of the fruit that I'm seeing, that I am seeing in students um, is come is come by a couple years of having conversations with them and walking with them. And, and that goes for youth pastors too. Like, don't yeah. be, if you're, you might be discouraged right now because man, you know, 
the, the culture of love relationships and, you know, all that in your ministry is like, it's just not there or it's not healthy or whatever. And I would just say like, it takes time to, to develop that. It takes time to make it a normal place to have those conversations. Like yeah. if you don't have that currently, don't be discouraged. It might take a couple years yeah. of, of like breaking that ground down and reestablishing the culture to create a safe space for people to come to like your youth ministry or you and your leadership with those kind of questions and their yeah. issues because yeah. it has not commonly been over the last couple of generations a safe place yeah. to bring what someone's struggling with to the yep. table without feeling condemned or judged or whatever. Yeah. And so we've got some work to do there um, to help kind of not fix that, but make it healthier and yeah. it'll take time. So yeah. I would say the simple version of that is what we're seeing be effective is the long suffering, the endurance of it's not going to be an overnight fix with that student, whether you're a parent or a leader. Uh, and that culture is not going to be shifted overnight. It will take some time, yeah. but it's worth it. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the thing that I almost can kind of make, it can make me shy away is that when we start talking about this, uh, the, you know, especially middle schoolers get real giggly or like laughy, you right. know, just like start laughing about stuff and, you know, just think things are really funny. And honestly, high schoolers do that. And yeah. even young adults do that Yeah, because you start getting into stuff and they just, they don't know what to do with it because yeah. they've, you know, either never done it or. Right. It's just, yeah, it's just, that's, right. that's a whole other world. Right. But, but I think that's something that has always made me want to shy away, but I think it's really healthy. Like, I think it's really healthy to just like, to like not let that be the reason you stop talking about it. Yeah. Like, talk, like in our, in our small groups, when we talked about it with middle schoolers, like they're like laughing like ha- half the time, yeah. but it's creating this healthy culture of like, you can be open right. about what you are walking through and what you are you know, doing, you can be open about what you, you know, who you like, you can be open about, you know, how you feel, you can be open about what you struggle with, you can be open. And it just creates this, this culture for openness. And so I think that same thing applies to parents, parents, you will get, this maybe is too definitive of a statement, but you will get nowhere with your kid. If you don't create a culture of like this openness, this open, this open environment. And I see so many kids, um, hide things because they don't, they don't, they, they're scared of what their parents are going to say. Yeah. They're scared of what their parents are going to do. And right. so I'm not a parent, uh, but I, I do know that openness is, is a huge thing to leading to a place where you can actually talk and have a conversation right. with your student, with your kid uh, about these specific topics. Yeah. And so do whatever you can. Don't come down on them in judgment. Don't come down on them in, you know, this, this harshness. Like, obviously, there's, there's discipline and there, there's consequences for actions. And, and, I, and I get that 100%. And I think it's, I think it's right. I think it's, I think it's biblical. But I think you have to um, create a space for openness. You have to create a safe yeah. place for them to feel comfortable enough and, uh, and, and not scared of the consequence enough for them to actually open up and talk about it. Yeah, that's really good. So really good. Okay. Closing thoughts. Let me wrap this thing up. I've got two. Uh, I want you to think of one, one or two. And then I'm going to, before I say my closing thought, just some, some resource ideas for you. If you're listening, whether you're a youth pastor, youth leader, or a parent, um, there's so many out there, by the way, like you just, uh, just know that, that if you spend even five, 10, 15 minutes of searching through some things, there's some incredible books, incredible websites of ministries and leaders that, that have done so much more legwork than, than we have in regards to helping, helping you have more, uh, more resources for these conversations and how to, how to walk through them. Uh, one that has been helpful for me personally is, uh, a guy named Ben Stewart. He wrote a book called single dating, engaged, married, uh, that book has been a fantastic resource for me as I've been navigating how to lead the next generation with these conversations. So that's one I would recommend. Um, 
you know, I also, I mean, just real practically for, for youth pastors or youth leaders that were like, what are you guys even talking about in those sermons? What are you talking about in those series? Um, I'd, I'd invite you again. There's a lot of refining and a lot that we don't have uh, figured out, but we, we just have walked through for our high school and our young adult ministry, uh, these, this series of love relationships and singleness. And so if you wanted just an idea of what we're talking about and how it's, those conversations are happening practically, you can search on Apple podcasts, Spotify, whatever, two different channels to look at. Uh, one is LW high school, living water, youth high school. Um, that's got our sermon LWY series. LWY high school. Yep. Thank you. LWY high school. Uh, you can find our sermon series there that we've been specifically having with high school students. And then if you searched LWYA on the same platforms, you would find where we're having those conversations with the young adult ministry, which is a little bit different, uh, just as another resource for you. Uh, a couple other places I'd, I'd encourage you to go, uh, is life, life church, life.church have, they have a youth ministry called switch and they have a, they have an incredible yeah, really uh, resource for having these conversations. And there's, there's devotional plans they have on the Uversion app and, uh, they're really leading the way, um, in that space. Two more names I want to give you Jeff and Allison, um, Bethke. Um, gosh, I hope that, I think that's his wife's name, Jeff and Allison, Alyssa. Jeff and Alyssa Bethke. Sorry, Jeff and Alyssa. If somehow one day randomly you hear this podcast, (laughs) Jeff and Alyssa Bethke, uh, which by the way, Jeff just wrote a book called To Hell with the Hustle and it was fantastic. And I'm pretty sure in the next uh, few episodes, we will probably have a conversation about uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Homer and To Hell with the Hustle. So that's Sabbath rest, all of it. Well, that's that's coming. Uh, Jeff and Alyssa Bethke. Love that lasts. They they have an incredible resource yeah. for dating and um, and marriage, and so I'd point you that direction. Um, and then uh, moral revolution, last one. Yeah. Um, incredible ministry. Just they're really leading the conversation. Moral revolution. You can find them on online um, with with how to have these conversations around purity and love, dating, relationships, uh, all of that. So those couple resources for you. Closing thoughts. You go first. Okay, closing thoughts. I'll go first. Here's my closing thought. Number one, uh, if you're if you're a youth pastor and a parent, this is both for this is for both of you. You should be leading the conversation in this area of love and relationships. Don't wait for it to come to you. You should be the one that is leading your students in having that conversation, creating the space, a safe space for that converse, for those conversations and those questions to to be had because. Um, I think too often we let the problems come to us. We should be, we should be taking the initiative to identify the problems that we're seeing and then leading the way and helping point them to, um, to finding the answers without like, just like, Oh shoot, what do we do now? Like, no, like get after taking the initiative and leading, having those conversations. That's the, that's the first part of my final thought. The last part, um, I can't over communicate this, but just to remember to not lose sight of the fact that beyond any kind of help you can give a student with relationships, pointing them back to Jesus over and over and over is the best thing you can possibly do. We've been saying this statement uh, every single week with our series in high school and young adults, that the best thing you can do in whatever season that you're in, single, dating, engaged, married, or wishing that you were in one of those seasons, the best thing you can do right now is pursue Jesus with all of your heart and let him transform you. And if you continue to keep as a parent, or as a youth pastor, youth leader, that as the, the, the main goal, the main point in whatever problem or struggle or issue your student's having in the world of relationships, 
Um, that's that's something that they cannot lose sight of. You cannot lose sight of because that's the only thing. That's the only thing that really truly matters and will really help them be healthy and walk out relationships well uh, in 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 the life that in the life that they have. That's my those are my two thoughts. Wes, closing thought to wrap us up. My closing thought would be, um, messy is okay. Yeah. And messy is not an if, it's a when. Yeah. So get get in the mess. Yeah. You will not reach your student as a youth pastor or leader, and you will not reach your son or your daughter unless you get into the mess with them. Yeah, that's so good. And give grace that's undeserved. Yep. Love them. Speak truth. And point them to Jesus. But you can't do that from outside the mess. You got to do it from the inside. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, thanks for listening. We hope that this has been an encouraging conversation for you. Hopefully a helpful conversation. We really, really, really are passionate about encouraging, equipping, and empowering the next generation of leaders to reach the next generation with the gospel. Until next time, I'm Chase. I'm Wes. We'll see you soon. Peace.